Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, people? You know, I, I, this is a SKD back in the mix, Makadama. Hope y'all doing well. I know a lot of people, I guess you like about 400 of y'all already in the chat here. So I'm definitely, I'm going to have to, I don't know how to extend this show while I'm live on there. So I might just go over time or just do another another show here. How y'all been? Hope everything's going well out there. It's been a long time. I know a little while. Um, some of y'all are probably hearing my voice. And it's, if it sounds a little deeper, quote unquote, it's actually more my natural voice. Uh, the issue is always that when I'm in the classroom, you have to speak. Those who are teachers or around a lot of kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about, especially parents out there. You speak a little higher at a higher octave. That's the word, right? At a higher octave. So a lot of people sometimes think, okay, he must sound. This is actually my more of my natural voice. So it's been a long time. I think I haven't done a show really in about six months, seven months, eight months, maybe a year. Um, as some of y'all probably know, some of my longtime viewers, you've probably seen the show posted and canceled. So seen the show posted and canceled. The main thing that's been going on is that, you know, since the passing of my dad um, a little over two years ago, August 14th, it's been really, it's been a real challenge of really trying to focus and really getting the energy to do anything because it's, it's been a struggle of the morning process. I don't know what the process is. I know everybody has their own different kind of process, what have you. I don't know what's right or what's wrong. You know, there are moments where it feels like, you know, I'm okay, and then I feel like I'm, I, I'm wrong for feeling like that. I mean, he was everything to me. Those that know me or have heard me speak before, he, he was everything to me. Like, he every, I mean, the only person greater than him was Jesus, and that's by a slight margin. So it's just been kind of like stuck in this spot or this, I don't like using the word space, but this space of, you know, I'm just not, not sure exactly what to do. So a lot of things have been happening, especially in the movie world with some of these whack movies that have been coming out and these commentaries of people, what have you. And I've always wanted to, you know, I'm like, okay, let's do a show. Let's do a show to converse on it. But then I sit, yet I sit back and say, you know, I'm not really into reaction videos and things like that. I don't really like using, it's just like other YouTubers, for example, there's a show I was going to do, and this actually ties into the Little Mermaid movie that we're going to talk about today. Yes, we will talk about it. I see all, I, thank you. I see a whole lot. Hey, thank you all of you all for your patience. I appreciate it. There's, there's this particular gentleman out of New York. He was always calling about my film stuff. I really wish I, you know, I got his number or his email because we would just talk about films and you could just feel his excitement. And I just know he was to be from New York or Jersey, maybe even Philly, not too sure. So if he's out there and he has to show at some point, please reach in, send me an email so we can reconnect. There's a whole lot of movies we need to talk about. But man, he was just so excited about entertainment, which is different from how people are these days. Yeah, there was a couple of, you know, movies like, um, I don't really like using other YouTubers' comments because they monetize their shows and they're trying to make some money and stuff like that. So that's why you don't really see me doing a reaction videos or anything like that because I, I can give my opinion without seeing the video and I just feel kind of funny, you know, like, okay, I'm going to take this person's hard work and then use them this piece and then I'm going to respond to that piece so I can make, I just don't really, I'm not really into that stuff, whatever. I mean, at some point I'm sure I'm going to use someone's clip 
but I'm gonna have to figure out in a way where I can like I don't know the words demonetize or anything like that. I don't just it just feels kind of funny because what happened is that when Black Panther came out, and this is definitely a show we're gonna do, is there was a whole lot of people online. It was, they were making it black and white, and one thing that really struck out was that I I write into certain people like you know um, Latino slant and some other cast, and hey look, you know they're doing interviews and not ask a question whatever, and I was always blown off as though. Um, you know, he had a, she had a show where there was a, a brother on there, a writer, I believe it was, and they was talking about Wakanda um, forever. And I wrote in and I asked, I said, hey, you know, it'd be kind of nice to have an African, you know, um, writer there or person there to speak on the film. The reason for me was because this Wakanda is supposed to be quote unquote African. And when I've heard and I've seen short clips of people who are of African descent, you know, are African, from the continent, they'll give their they'll give their view on the movie from a different lens because I'm African as well African born and raised so I see the film a little different I'm not seeing in terms of color I'm seeing the, the, the term co-opting <laughs> in fantasy pop up but so I just made that I just read I just sent the, the, the message in you know on the chat and he responded saying well we have a black writer here and you know I, I, I can't really comment on you know that saying you know I might as well not say anything about Namor because I'm not from Atlantis and you know he kind of like you know blew me off but the funny thing is when I go to another show where it's like our Latino brothers, Mexican Iron Man, he just went in on um, Wakanda forever. His his rant when he came out of theater, top tier epic, one of the top tier rants I've heard of all time. He went in on that film. How he felt, that's how I felt about Wakanda as an African. But I never got the opportunity. So when I would reach out to certain people, even online, I'm like, hey, look, I'd like to get my opinion on this, you know, my thoughts on the show, whatever, because you don't have no Africans there. I would just get blown off of this one response. So, you know... That's why, in a way, I just kind of like, you know what, I just do my own thing and call it a day. If people want to have a conversation, we can have a conversation. Because I remember when I was on another, I saw a Latino slant, and he, he, he's one, one thing, he's one of the smoothest brothers on this video. He has like the scarf, he has the hat on. He's one of the smoothest brothers, literally on YouTube, who I see in media. So there's nothing but love for him, whatever. You know, definitely, he may have seen it one way in terms of, well, we don't got no Africans there. And I'm seeing it like, okay, you're blowing me off. I just want to give my point of view. And that's why I asked me that comment. So I actually have the clip. But, you know, I kind of, you know, then I sat back and said, I don't really want to do this stuff because I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I used to watch a lot of YouTube channels and people get a commentary. But then it was a lot of ranting. You know, I watched this one YT channel. It went on for about an hour about Disney. Like Disney, like for an hour. Okay, we know what the issue is. They go on and on and on. Then it's like, hey, I have inside information. If you pay, if you go to my pay subscription, I can tell you. Oh, the only thing I want to know is should I short the stock? Because, you know, I think it was like 121 a couple months ago. Now it's at 84. So I'm going to have to go buy some, whatever, right? So I just got really tired of hearing criticism, criticism, because at some point you have to say to yourself, okay, let's do something different. Let's do something. This is, I think it was Chris Gore from Film Threat, OG of the OGs, from Phil said, you know, Star Wars captured the zeitgeist of the time. And Chris Gore said that whoever can ca- capture the zeitgeist of the time today is going to blow things open. So that's why I just spend a lot of time working on my own stuff. I don't really post a lot of things or anything like that in reference. I just like to work on it and just put it out there and things like that. And even when it's out there, I don't really say anything. I just put it out there and it gets circled around. People start talking. Yet right now is a critical time in theater, in, in cinema. There's room, there's a space right now that people, Top Gun Maverick show, Tom Cruise is showing it. But what a lot of people don't really understand is, and we're going to get to another, another episode, so I'm going to get to the Little Mermaid, because I know y'all want to hear about it, so we're going to get into it. There are a lot of things that a lot of people don't understand. All these films now went into development four or five years ago. That's why you've seen so much of them. But now you're starting to see, you know, Zaslav, 
um, over at Warner Brothers is canceling things, other studio heads are canceling things, what have you. So this is going to start slowing at some point. But what's happening, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Kathy Kennedy, oh, it could be a female-led franchise. Like, who really cares? You have the lady, uh, she worked for Harvey Weinstein, can't remember her name, something Hildebrand, whatever her name is, whatever. She's talking about George Lucas. It's, it's a mistake to think that George Lucas is the only source and authority on Star Wars. Um, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. That's for another show. Let's get back to Little Mermaid today, all right? So the title of the show, again, is Little Mermaid. And again, so people, thanks for your patience. I see you all in the chat. I see all the emails right now, and I really appreciate y'all's patience. And again, it's, I'm still in the mourning process. It's the process. You know, my mother is sick as well. And, you know, thankfully my siblings, you know, Musao and Shaomba, my niece, came out to see me. That was a great surprise visit. And other things are going on. So right now it's just, it's, it's, that, um, uh, it's that scene where Luke comes, he's, he's talking to Aunt Peru and Uncle Ben. He's like, hey, I want to go over with my friends. And, and Uncle Ben's like, no, we need you now. I can go next year. And Luke's like, you know, that's what you said last year and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, so Luke stands up to walk. And Uncle Ben's like, where are you going? He goes, seems like I'm going nowhere. And he walks outside. And Aunt Peru's like, you know, you, know, you, can, you have to understand, he, you know, all his friends are gone. You know, he goes, yeah, but, you know, I need him here. He can go next year. And he goes, you know, she says, you know, well, he has too much of his father in him. And he's like, that's what I'm afraid of. Oh, okay. That's understandable. So if you go find that scene, and I'll find a way to, I'll do, I'll clip that in next, that little scene. Luke walks out of the hut, and he stands on the hill. It's a twin, the twin son scene. And John Williams' music kicks in. And I know exactly what I was feeling at that moment when I first saw that in the cinemas. And I mean when it first released. I remember vividly that feeling of which way do I go? I, I'm just, it's, nothing's happening. I just, I know there's something I want to do, but this isn't it. That can relate to anybody. Any, it can relate to anybody. But we'll talk about that later on. That's what, anyways, um, so that's where I am right now. That's, so again, I'm really, yeah, pausing and you come in, there's a show, oh, it's canceled. There's no show. Time moves around. It's just been a challenge. So thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for your patience. And let's get back to this groove. So Little Mermaid came out a little while ago, and I just see what the title is. It's Little Mermaid is a movie, not a message, right? So, you know, Little Mermaid, it's the latest example of a movie that was supposed to be a movie for kids, yet the movie was made into something, into the second coming of Spike Lee's epic movie, Malcolm X. The movie didn't do well in China because they hate black people, as people say, until a black NBA player visits China and then they get mobbed. So Little Mermaid, a film where many critics of the movie said the lead actress wasn't the weak link in the movie. And that's true. A lot of people weren't even criticizing her, the actress. Well, there was one part when she talked about, you know, Disney said it'd be a lot of racism, but... That's fan baiting. That's what Disney does. Well, more, let's continue on. So CNN did an interview a little while ago about Little Mermaid. You know, of course, the keyword comes up all the time, the representation of how a movie for kids is seen as a tool. Like this, in reference to uplifting the children and black people all around the world, men and women are going to be inspired by seeing a mermaid with red hair underwater, what have you. And people are saying that it failed in China because um, they're racist over there. I think maybe if you say it's about representation and it's important that the film Little Mermaid, and again, no one's even criticizing the actress. It's Disney who does the fan baiting. She, in fact, said, you know, she, in fact, said that she was in love with the original Little Mermaid. In fact, there's a, a clip on Twitter, not Twitter, on a, that TikTok video where she, you see her meet the original voice and you can see, I think it's Halle, Halle, Halle Bailey, right? You can see the sheer joy on her face when she meets her. That's how much that movie affected her. And she even said it. But everybody wants to ignore that part. And the, the young lady, I, the original actress, I can't remember her name, it was Judy something. I could be wrong. I'm sorry if I'm incorrect on that. 
Chief gives this comment saying, you know, a little mercy for everybody, you know, the next generation, whatever, whatever, doesn't belong to anybody. What she essentially is saying, my take is that the Little Mermaid is a movie that can, anyone can resonate with, male or female, no matter what ethnicity or race you are, right? She's not, she doesn't say anything about, oh, the, the racist. She didn't do an OB. She didn't do a, the Ewan McGregor, oh, racist and all this kind of stuff, whatever. Y'all don't like Reva because she's, she's black. No, she came out there and spoke as an OG of, the, uh, of, of cinema and saying she loved the film. But the, yet the thing that stood out for me is when you see Halle Bailey's, I hope I'm saying her name, Bailey's face, when she meets her. There was a video where Jennifer Lawrence, I believe, was at a, she was at a premiere. I don't know if it was for Hunger Games or whatever film she was in. And she's walking down the rope, and there's a young girl in a wheelchair. Oh, I'm going to get emotional because it's really, you can, just, you can see the, the humanity. Jennifer Lawrence goes over to the girl. In fact, I think she goes under the rope, and she goes talk to the girl in the wheelchair. And for that one moment when Jennifer Lawrence is talking to her, you can see on the girl's face the world, the world outside them doesn't exist. She's, she just, it means so much to her. And you can see people, they're not rushing Jennifer. No one's like trying to, hey, we have to go, we have to go. That's her moment right there and then. I, I'm going to figure out a way to figure, put a, do a show about these interactions you see. I think that's what people miss in Hollywood. And this, so when Jennifer's time to go, she respectfully says, hey, you know, goodbye, blah, blah. She doesn't just brush her off. She just, hey, has a conversation. And again, the girl's face, she wants to cry. She's just so overwhelmed, right? That's what up. You know, that's what's up. So when I talk, when I see Haley Bailey, no one talks about that. T- well, people say it went viral. That's what the word is. But you can see her face. She's just sheer joy of meeting this, this the lady who's, I believe, the voice of the original Little Mermaid. So let's play this CNN clip here. So you have an idea I'm talking about. I'll put a link in the description below. I think that's what um, Anthony Brian Logan says. So I think I can find this clip here for you. And, and you'll hear my, actually, you'll hear my commentary within the clip. <laughs> so let's write this up here. It's opening weekend for Disney's live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. According to Variety, the film has already made $38 million at the box office. It's expected to gross between $120 and $130 million over the four-day Memorial Day weekend. Now, the film, as you may know, sparked controversy when casting Halle Bailey, a black woman, as the new Ariel. But Halle's portrayal of Ariel has become an inspiration for so many black and brown girls around the world who can finally see themselves... Again, once again represented on the screen, who could forget the heartwarming videos from when the trailer dropped showing their reactions to Bailey? I think she's round. So sweet. At the premiere in London, Hallie got to meet several fans on the... This has to be one of the dumbest things. You know, I, I haven't been online for a minute, but I... I you know, I'm actually slowly coming back to our new season. This has to be so dumb. The only controversy with this movie is like, why make a, why remake the character as as um, non-Anglo as was presented in the film? And the ironically is the girl that played the lead. I think her name is Haley Bailey. She's the one that said she was so in love with the original. So what people were saying, they were asking, well, why do you have to make her black? And what's happened is called fan baiting. And what these companies do, they did with Reva from from Obi Wan. They do it from all these other characters. Is that they say, okay, we're gonna release this film. We're gonna we're gonna cast on this. You know, that's black. Usually it's black folks. Usually nobody else. But usually it's black folks because for some reason there's only two races in the planet in this liberal world of media, whatever it may be. And 
we're going to let you know that we're going to put out like a tweet or two that says, oh, black people or people are hostile, especially those white racists in the South are hostile to a black area. We're going to put that out there. And what happens, it gets people talking about, well, we're not racist. What are you talking about? We just like, we don't like it for this reason or for that reason. And that might sound normal, but what happens, that's part of their marketing because what happens, it gets trending and all those kind of things, whatever, and then everybody can play the victim. So when it talks about the representation nonsense, especially with what this lady is about to continue, it, you wonder what these people want. What, what's this representation nonsense? Will Luke Skywalker, all these other characters, like people are into a character because it resonates with them. But what happens is that, you know, this guy said on Megyn Kelly a couple of days ago that black people are the needle for everybody else's causes, right? So now when you hear this rep- it's rep- it's representation, 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 it's one of the dumbest things. And they, they infantize black folks, especially black folks or non-Anglos or whatever. I mean, you're not going to see no poor Appalachian Anglos in a movie because I guess they don't need to see representation. But they infantize black people as though they have, their life has no meaning unless they see themselves on the screen. And usually see themselves on the screen by, uh, in, a, uh, in a character that was portrayed by an Anglo. They can't create their own stories. Said, well, let's go back. Let's go back to the Princess and the Frog that had Terrence Howard in there and uh, the other people who was involved with Escape Me or the movie with um, Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. I think it was a remake of another film. Either way, that film, when The Princess and Frog came out, that movie was awesome. Everybody was talking about it. There was no reflect. There was no, you know, representation. representation. It's one of the stupidest things. And when you hear black people talk about, well, let's let you hear what this reporter here, uh, Lisa Respers France, talks about. The red carpet telling Variety she hopes that they know they are worth and deserve to be in these spaces. CNN's senior entertainment reporter, Lisa France, joining us now here in studio. Always a treat, as oh I like God. to say. Uh, let's talk about, you know, why representation matters so much, especially in this genre of Disney princesses, right? Um, and, and what does it mean to you to, to see Hallie? Yeah, I said on social media that we talk a lot about the representation for young girls of color, but for women of color, people of color, I cry. What the hell is this people of color nonsense? It's like it presupposes that everybody that's non-Anglo is in one group. You know, there's people of color. Someone referred to me that one day, and, and I almost like, I literally, I just want, I'm like, I, have, I want to have a conversation with you because if you see me as a quote-unquote person of color, you know, am I a person of color when I'm back in my homeland of Congo or as a person, a person of color when if, if one of my students who is from Mexico is back in Mexico? What the people of color? It's one of the stupidest things, right? Who, when, they want, when they want to change the rules for exam schools or for admission policy, who's, who's stressing that? You know, the Asian-American population, someone to crew, what have you, right? Or when they wanted to get rid of affirmative action out here, who was talking about they work harder than, than black people? It was Asian-Americans up there in Sacramento. I saved some images, and I think I may have done a show on that before. But to presuppose that black people are like people of color, give me a break. It's, it's one of the most insulting. You're essentially doing exactly what they did when they brought, you know, enslaved Africans off the boat. You're reducing them to a color, right? When people of color, oh, I, I'm going to go see Little Mermaid say, oh, my God, you're worth. So you're going to tell me seeing a, a light-skinned sister who's a mermaid, essentially with, have a, with the lower body of fish, is going to tell these little black girls that they have worth. Not Tina Turner, not Harriet Tubman, not Condoleezza Rice. You can even talk about Kamala Harris if you want to. That's cool. No, they're not going to have to. Not Sojourner Truth. Not Sade. Not Janet. Not those folks. A girl underwater with a mermaid body is supposed to give worth to a young black girl in these quote-unquote spaces. What spaces are you talking about? You know, the representation must really be something, and the opportunities must be limited since they spent $250 million on this film. And I believe it opened at $100 million. So it's definitely it's not, it's not hitting a billion. But this movie cost 250 Where was the oppression? Come on, man. This, 
let's let this continue on. The movie meant so much to me, especially because this country and world feels so splintered and torn apart right now. So to see us up on screen in this huge Disney production, which is, I mean, diverse in and of itself. I mean, the cast, all of Ariel's sisters are different nationalities. David plays the crab. You know, he's Afro-Latino. So I feel like this film, Disney's really gotten behind diversity. It's the promotion for it. I mean, their promotion budget was huge. Mm. So for little girls of color, little boys of color, grown women of color, grown men. Little boys of color. I don't know any little boys, and I teach high school and middle school at one, at one point, and I don't know any of them running around say they want to be a mermaid, like the little mermaid area. But, you know, maybe some cats are into it, whatever. But it's just cringe hearing this. <laughs> like, seriously? But, you know, whatever, that's all. Men of color, it's just important to have representation right now in this era that we're living in, when everything just feels like people are so far apart. Well, you know, who's, you know the, the thing is, who's making it far apart? It's one particular group of people. And, you know, again, people aren't running around. It's weird. People, there's a certain group is condemning America. A certain group is condemning Anglos. You go on TikTok and you see all these black people and, and Latino people and Asian people, and including some white people, dogging white folks. Now, I can, I'm pretty, I'm confident that it wasn't black people that put up that $250 million budget for this movie. All right, let's, get, let's not get it twisted here. But yet they go out, they, they visit, and all of a sudden she wants to talk about this country's divide. It's divided because the media wants to divide. This is CNN. Who do you think's out there? They want to divide it. We have this black woman here. We have this brother here. I don't know what his name is. And we have the, um, the first announcer. I believe she might, she might be Asian, what have you. And they're sitting there as though they've never been in a black film. Spike Lee's never existed. Malcolm X has never existed. Again, Angela Bass has never existed. Dawes of Dust has never existed. The Color Purple has never existed. Do the Right Thing has never existed. School Days has never existed. There's never been Julia. There's never been The Cosby Show. There's never been Different World. You wonder what exactly do these, who, what media do they look at, right? So the thing is, you don't want to, if you want to bring this world together, then why are you referring to one group as people of color and the other group not as people of color? Right? You want to say it's all divided, but you want to say, I don't know any men w- walking around here saying they see validation in themselves and they see the Little Mermaid up on the screen. Now, I personally like Ariel with the red hair because I thought it was a cool film, good soundtrack and stuff like that. And the funny thing is, when they, so this representation thing is like, I thought that, that was there when, when President Obama was in office, whatever. But now it's coming down to and The thing is that, that even more so is that what is the hesitancy of the, like, these black folks with money just creating an original character? At least Wesley Snipe took Blade, who was a D-list character. Not even D-list, right? I think he was like non-union at one point. But he took that character and made it into a franchise. You know, part one and two. We don't, care, we don't talk about what come after part two. But they can't create anything original. And it goes to something that I think it was Ripper has said this and some other people say it as well. And I see it online where they talk about, yeah, you know, they only put a value in white characters, right? They're only putting a value in white characters. So they themselves are holding up a particular group who they are dogging all the time as the symbol of the best storytellers. When a lot of cats come out, we watched everything. I mean, you think a lot of these, these martial arts films would be successful if they didn't get, didn't get love from the neighborhood? Everybody knew Michelle Yeoh from back in the day. So, folks, all of a sudden she gets an Academy Award, and people make it seem like she just got discovered. So let's continue on this one because it's just whatever. We could all come together and rally around this film. Have you seen it? I have. What do you think? <laughs> so take it for what it is. I know a lot of people want to compare it to the animated. Yeah. I feel like they did a really great job. I feel like, first of all, I feel like Haley was born to play Ariel. As soon as you hear her sing, her voice, oh, and part of your world, I mean, those final notes, there's a great video of her performing with the orchestra. I've seen that. And when um, let's get a little clarity. If you look at a lot of reviews, a lot of reviews don't really center on Halle Bailey. They're like, 
she she was like that girl in um, Obi-Wan who played Reva. They don't even really talk about Halle Berry. People are talking about the film overall. They're like, this film sucks. <laughs> Literally. Everybody, most people I've seen, I've seen some hardcore critics are saying, Halle Berry is the least issue with this movie. Like, none. They're talking about the film over itself. So, either way. She finishes, she kind of steps back as if she's a little shy about it, yeah. and all the musicians yeah. start applauding her. And it's just, uh, it, it just, it fills your heart. My girlfriend, Tanika, said something to the effect of, whenever she sings, it's like she reaches inside your chest cavity and she hugs your heart. Oh. And that's the best way I've ever heard it described. How close is this live-action movie compared to um, the original? So they changed some things, they changed some lyrics. To be more inclusive and all. You hear that again, y'all? More inclusive. Like, what does that mean? So, uh, the, you see, you hear the wording they want to use, and, you know, it's like even with debate, policy debate now, you hear this diversity, equity, inclusive stuff, like people being excluded. Who's being excluded? Like, what was wrong? Kiss the girl? Like, what was it? it, it they got the guy. Ironically, the inclusive is the guy. I think Lee Miranda, who did, um, what's that play based on the President of the United States? Hamilton, whatever. Right. So, no one's complaining about, um, race swapping when he essentially did, uh, made a play about a white president and, you know, the, the black girl that was supposed to be his love interest, whatever. But it's ironic because this guy, I think he did a remake of uh, Washington Heights or In the Heights, whatever, and most of the Latinos was, was, was Anglo-looking. Was, I think it was like maybe one dark-skinned one. And then I believe he even grew up in Washington Heights. I could be wrong, but I believe he lived in Washington Heights and it had something to do with the original. So my thing is, if that was the case, where's this inclusive in his own film? And then he went up there and he apologized and it was casting. Are you serious? You're the right. No, 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 no. It was him. All right. So when how you make a a a a a, a, a dial a, a song more inclusive, right? Literally, it's whatever. Let's get on with this one. It's just nauseating. Also, to be less sexist, because there are you know lots of complaints that some of our older art has not caught up with. Uh, what? Wait, less sexist? Like wait, wait, wait. What do you mean uh, older art? Like, are you serious? Like less sexist? Can you hear the keywords inclusion? And is this this again? It's Less sexist. It's about an animated. It's about a. It's about a mermaid underwater, who's half fish. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Anyways, the times that we live in now. But I feel like what's the most similar in the two is just this sheer joy that you feel from watching. I love a musical, just first of all. <laughs> so you know, I, if I could sing, I wouldn't even speak. We, I'd be singing this interview right now. So, so I just feel like it's just like the joy and the wonder of it. I feel like we all need it, especially right now, these last couple of years that we've had. We all need that kind of wonder. So there you go, people. Um, the, the, oh, man. Anyway, the uh, original, actually, I didn't realize I put the link in the description as well below. It's uh, Little Mermaid's Halle Berry. She missed the original Ariel, Jodie Benson, and it was at the premiere. Jodie Benson was at the premiere. And I believe Jodie Benson was somewhere else with two other people and a young sister. I think she was about maybe nine or ten. I believe she was holding an Ariel doll, walked up to her, holding the Ariel doll. I think it was the OG. I can't remember what it was. And I believe it was Miss Benson. was so kind. She you know, turned the girl around and brought her into the picture you see, that's that moment that, that is Disney, you know, when you see these videos of a Peter Pan or Cinderella or Snow White or whatever going to talk to these kids, and the kids are in the fantasy world, and the person knows their fantasy, but Disney wants to ruin all that kind of stuff, you know, by, you know, some weird stuff they're doing, whatever. But, yeah, so that's the thing. So this, this, this again, the description, the links in the below is in the description. It's just nauseating, you know, sexist and, you know, caught up with the time and people call it this, people call it that. 
it failed in China. Well, maybe the Chinese want to see a, a, a Chinese uh, or an Asian or maybe India. They want to see a Southeast Asian area. But we divide these things into black and white, black and white, black and white, black and white. And it just infantize it. Now, there was something that I brought up from that I believe Ripa and Nerdrata were talking about, some of the cats on one of their um, uh, FNTs or whatever it may be. And it was in terms of uh, sloppy seconds of the white character. I wouldn't exactly say that. What I would say, but I understand the flow. I understand the rationale behind it. Um, makes, you know, it's definitely on point. I, I would look at it that most of the top tier characters, well, first of all, a lot of them were created by Anglos including, you know, T'Challa, the Black Panther from Wakanda. He was created by Stan Lee and another guy whose name is Kate Tudemont, I'm so sorry. Um, they're Anglo. There are two Jewish brothers out of New York. A lot of these characters were created by Anglos back in the day. So they're going to create Anglo characters, and they're going to create, you know, non-Anglo characters. You know, Tarantula. Well, I don't know who created Tarantula, but again, you know, Tony Isabella, you know, with Misty Knight. I believe a brother was behind Black. Well, I could be wrong, you know, but anyway, coming, coming full circle. It, so a lot of top prominent characters are going to be Anglo. So unlike Wesley Snipes or when they did Shaq Steel, why would I spend a hundred million dollars for a cat, for a, you know, this particular, I should say a black actress to play a black character who again is like D-list, D-list, right? Why would I want to do that? So I'm going to get the top characters. They're all Anglo. So I'm going to, I'm going to race swap them out. It's, it's so sly. It's, it's, it, that's, it's so lazy. It's, it's not even good. But anyways, again, Little Mermaid. That was the video. That was the film. Those are my comments. I just think it was made into a message movie when it should just left on as a movie. It cost too much. Ran too long. But we have to get back. You know, people get back to storytelling without a you know, without an agenda. Okay, let's get back to a movie just being a movie, and no film should be costing two hundred million dollars, and especially looking like that. So on that note, folks, let's wrap it up right there and then. Thanks for tuning in. Be back with y'all next weekend. Uh, same time, same channel. Probably do a, little, a longer show. And I'm definitely going to do a show sometime this week. Maybe I'll do it uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. Just answering a lot of email questions about a whole lot of things, about film, politics, what have you. All right? So y'all stay well out there. Y'all stay cool. Y'all stay frosty. Make sure you have a great, a great day, a great week. Do something today that your future self is going to thank you for. All right? The world's not as bad as it seems. Well, yeah. But if you watch media, the media is behind all this dissension. So either stop watching the media or create your own media and figure out a way where you're not punished on YouTube or these other channels to, channels where they can suspend you or block you or demonetize you. That's another form of control. You watch some of these YouTube channels, you can see YouTubers editing themselves as they talk. And it's like, I don't want to be on it. But we'll talk more about that later on. So people of the world, have a great day. I'm gone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.